Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt, and I'm a board-certified integrative and functional nutritionist. I live on the seacoast of New Hampshire and work with clients in my virtual practice all over the world through private consultations and online nutrition and functional medicine programs. Functional medicine nutrition is all about diving deep with people to get to the root cause of their health issues. And that's exactly what I tackle in this podcast, all things health, food, and nutrition, unpacking current research and almost a decade of clinical experience. I love to bring experts and thought leaders to the table so we can all learn together. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive in. Hey friends, back today. I've got a great interview for you lined up. I took a break from releasing anything new last week because... Your Hormone Revival started. I've been deep in the throes of creating the curriculum for the Functional Nutrition Academy Mentorship Practitioner Training Program and Hattie started school. We decided to do the uh, distance learning so that there's been a lot of adjustments for us over here. So it was a nice break from the pod, but I'm super happy to be back. Just a heads up, something super wacky happened with the audio and I sound like I'm in a fishbowl, which is weird because the person I'm interviewing was in India. She sounds crystal clear. My audio is wacky. You can hear everything totally fine, but I did want to give you a heads up about that. And before we got, get into the the interview, I'm um, interviewing an Ayurvedic specialist, uh, Neha, and it's a really, I would say, powerful and healing conversation. She is a weight loss coach, but regardless if if weight loss is your goal or not, we talk a lot about um, her 70 pound weight loss and what she learned from it, but also Ayurveda as a way to decode and understand your own body and a framework to begin with. And so I think there's a lot packed into this conversation for everyone. I know that uh, immunity is top of mind for a lot of folks. So I did want to also introduce you to a new product that we discovered and we've been housing in the Holt household. It's Organifi's immunity. And there's these, there are these little packets. Um, if you see me drinking my yellow or orange juice on Instagram, this is what I've been drinking a lot lately. We are a sucker for um, powders in my house, especially like vitamin C type powders. And that's exactly what this is. So it has... Um, beta-glucan from reishi mushrooms. It has uh, a vitamin C, it has some zinc, and it tastes delicious. We don't drink juice here, but we've been doing a lot of that. So you can check that product out at Organifi.com forward slash Funk, F-U-N-K, to save 15%. They have a lot of great uh, superfood powders and blends that I've been using a lot lately. Um, just as we transition into cold and flu season and oh yeah, that other virus that's going around. So without much further ado, here is the interview. All right, friends, I'm so excited for today's interview. I have Neha Premji on. She's an Ayurvedic health and weight loss coach, a published author, 
a speaker and an influencer. She's even been invited to speak at the United Nations headquarters in Geneva twice. I don't think many people can say that. Um, I'm going to turn the mic over so she can tell us a little bit about herself. But quickly, she coaches clients around the world mostly on weight loss, but really using her signature three-step framework, which is Ayurveda, energy, and emotions. Um, she talks a lot about harmonious weight loss, which I'm excited to unpack on today's show. Uh, she uses the ins and outs of Ayurveda to achieve lasting weight loss while teaching her clients how to address painful emotions and low energy to reframe and totally and completely fall in love with themselves, develop rock solid self-confidence and change their lives. So Neha, this is the first time we've ever discussed Ayurveda mm -hmm. on the show. So I am pumped to have you here. Uh, thank you so much, Erin. Thank you for that lovely introduction. And I am equally excited to be here. I think Ayurveda um, as a healing mechanism and just a way to understand yourself um, as a human being and understand your body is such a phenomenal modality. And I'm so happy to be um, a vehicle to share more information about um, the structure and the science behind it. So thank you for being so um, open to entertaining it on your podcast. Oh my gosh, I, we, so I did a yoga teacher training uh, back in 2010, I believe, so a while ago, and we scratched the surface a, mm -hmm. a little bit, um, but I'm really looking forward to learning more. So since this is the first time we've talked about it on the show, can you give us um, a, a little bit of a, a brief intro into the Ayurvedic methodology? What, what is Ayurveda? Let's start there. Absolutely. So Ayurveda is actually a sister science of yoga, um, also originates in India. It's about it's over 5000 years old. So it's it's got a lot of traditional wisdom. And basically, Ayurveda is a system and a science to how to understand the human body. And Ayurveda believes that the cure to everything can be found within nature. So herbs, spices, um, fruits, vegetables, extracts have have healing properties and have um, very potent healing powers so Ayurveda as a system talks about which herbs and plants and spices you can use to not only cure ailments but Ayurveda has a very uh, preventive approach and mindset towards disease so Ayurveda is a set of guidelines that tells you how to uh, manage and control disease in the body how to treat your human body um, and it's not just limited to eat this don't eat that it's an entire system how to approach what time to eat how to approach um, hydration simple rules like not drinking water with your meals because that will uh, dilute the uh, the acid in your the digestive acid in your stomach or something simple like how much you should sleep every night or a, a, an approach to a morning routine um, and it goes even deeper it goes into talking about at an individual level why two people are different and why what works for your body type may not necessarily work for for my body type and Ayurveda is the science of actually explaining why and how people are the way that they are and it situates understanding human beings as subjects of nature which I find 
been really really fascinating so i'm i actually um i'm hoping we can go into this a little bit and i can apply ayurveda to people and how to understand why you may have drier skin compared to your friend or thinner hair compared to your friend and why someone in your friend circle may gain weight very easily whereas someone else may struggle um to lose weight so um i think there's there's just there's so much to go into with regards to ayurveda and the doshas and um if you're okay i'd love to apply it and talk a little bit about each of the doshas what that means and how to know what your dosha might be oh my gosh i'm already looking at the <laughs> clock i'm like this is going to be i'm going to have such a hard time keeping this to an hour because i have so many questions for you but yes um i before we get into the doshas cuz I, i i know everybody wants to hear about that and how to figure out where we fall into the mm-hmm. categories but how did is this something that you've always that's always been a part of your life or did you get into this later in life or did you grow up with ayurveda as part of just part of your upbringing or how did you really get into this so it had always been around in the background you know i'm i'm from india i live in mumbai i've been born and raised here although i went to school at the university of chicago and uh, worked all over the world before i moved back so ayurveda has been used passively in indian culture with our cooking and our spices so it's been around me but when i really got into it was when i was looking for solutions to my own weight loss i was 70 pounds overweight i i weighed 70 pounds more than i weigh today and i was just so frustrated erin i was trying all these different diets i was trying juice fasts and cleanses and going to these detox wellness centers around the world and no matter what i did if every time i'd lose weight i just gain it back and i was so frustrated with um all the different diets i was trying and then i stumbled upon ayurveda and i i was suggested actually by one of my friends who I practice yoga with and she said you know enough is enough and stop trying these silly extreme methods why don't you need something long term something like ayurveda something that's sustainable that's harmonious and when i got deeper into using and applying ayurveda to my own weight loss journey uh, not only did i lose 70 pounds but i kept it off for several years with ease uh, because the method didn't require me trying to seek out some external diet and applying it to my body rather it focused on me trying to understand my body as a subject of nature and then seeking out and finding the right foods that fuel me and again the whole approach was very harmonious there wasn't any cutting out macronutrient groups or going low carb or low fat or any such thing it just involved tweaking ratios a bit and choosing foods that suited me so i actually got very deep into it as a solution to my own personal weight loss and i just had so much fun with it and i don't think a lot of people can say this but i enjoyed my weight loss process when i was letting the weight go um using the ayurvedic method and by the time i was done i said you know what someone needs to talk about this in the world because there are so many misconceptions around losing weight and diet culture and there's so much mental association of weight loss to be the 
this fearful scarcity oriented process that requires cutting things out and sacrificing and it being hard and um, full of discipline and hustle and um, all of these things that create a feeling of contraction whereas I had a very different experience and Ayurveda gave me the tools to approach my weight loss from a very expansive place from a place of self-love from a place of understanding what I needed to nourish myself understanding how to balance out the excess weight with the right herbs and spices and uh, hot water tonics and food and things like that so I, I just more than anything I just wanted to share this as a methodology um, that stems from a place of love that stems from a place of abundance that stems from a place of really truly caring for and nourishing yourself as you uh, move through life and move through the world in in your beautiful vessel so that's that's sort of the driving fire in my belly kind of um, reason that that made me take up the career that I have and I'm very particular about sticking to the Ayurvedic method in in whatever I do and it's just it's my go-to structure um, because there's just so much wisdom after years and years of it being researched and passed down over time and its effectiveness is just it's beyond being questioned it's so fantastic as a healing modality in approaching weight loss or any type of um, health goal from a place of abundance love harmony i mean it's it's just so important it really is so i i, I do want to talk about the weight loss piece for those who are interested but i'm, I'm assuming we do have to start with the doshas first and foremost absolutely so explain, yeah explain to us what that means and where how do how do we figure that out for ourselves okay awesome so ayurveda believes that everything in nature is made up of five elements earth water fire air, and space now ayurveda also believes that as human beings we have these five elements within us however there's one element that's more dominant in you as a as a person and in your body um, relative to others so to give you an example earth earth governs your structures your skeleton your muscles your bones um, that's all the earth part the water is the hydration the fluids the liquids in your body um, the fire can be represented through the transformational elements so your digestion or your metabolic fire that's those are examples of a fire burning in your body um, anything that requires transformation um, the air is the movement within your body the creation of space um, all of the uh, the space that you create even when you stretch or when you do yoga that's the air element um, being expansive within your body so basically Ayurveda believes that each of us has one element in greater dominance than other and that determines your dosha so people that are dominant in the earth and space elements are called vata dosha people people that are dominant in the fire element are called pitta dosha people and then people dominant in uh, earth and water are called kapha people so how do you know which dosha you're dominant in so broadly speaking um, I'll, I'll go into each of the three doshas so vata people air people 
these types of people literally resemble air like they're very light very creative very fast moving very quick thinking in terms of their bone structure they since they they don't since they lack more earth and more sturdiness and structure they tend to be very light so super skinny people you know those people who um eat everything but never seem to gain weight they just have small bone structures though they likely have a vata dominance they're likely vata dosha people these types of people also tend to have more dry skin rather than moisturized skin because if you think about it air is a very dry element um they also tend to have thin hair um small lips and um and very delicate stamina now when a vata body or a vata body type person is out of balance um they tend to ex- experience and develop things like anxiety tics twitches tremors insomnia um they they become very irregular with their eating pattern uh, constipation um hard stools these or bone issues like osteoporosis or arthritis so these types of disorders tend to happen more easily easily and vata dosha people um for a pitta person so these people are very fiery so very type a very ceo of the world um medium uh, medium athletic body structures very fiery um fast metabolism strong hunger they tend to get hungry pretty regularly but when a pitta when a fire body person is out of balance they tend to develop very um fiery related disorders like um acid reflux or heartburn or um uh, they get pimples very easily or acne on their face or rashes um these types of things again show that you know there's like that that element of fire that's coming up on that's literally coming up on the body um the third dosha type is uh, water and earth which is the kapha dosha now these types of people tend to be uh, big boned um they gain weight relatively easily when out of balance uh, but they're very sweet very slow very loyal very loving um very uh, th- their bones and body type tends to be a little bit on the larger side um and when they're in balance uh, they have very good stamina they sleep very well they're extremely sturdy uh, but when they're out of balance they tend to gain weight easily they become depressed they oversleep they become inert they become very sluggish and lazy kind of like the couch potato effect um if you may so e- so e- what happens is even a vata person who gains weight a lot may develop like a kapha imbalance which which shows up in the body as inertia and sluggishness and excess weight or like a kapha person which is my dosha i may some some days i may have too much spice and develop a pitta or a fire imbalance where i may get acid reflux or heartburn uh, but depending on which dosha you're dominant in you're more likely to uh, develop imbalances based on your dominant body type and i'm sure you can think of people just off the bat even if you think of the each of the doshas and the properties that they embody and in in your in as we continue the conversation i'd love to go into the different foods you can use to manage each constitution and what ayurveda recommends for that uh, but i'm going to take a pause and see if you have any questions around um what the doshas are and um you know what if if i've explained it in enough detail yeah super i mean i'm sitting here with raging harpern as <laughs> as you as you talk about this and i'm like i'm pretty fiery mhm i'm pretty type a 
I'm yep. probably pretty pitta. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. What happens? I guess my only question, you explained it perfectly, really comprehensively. What if you feel like, hmm, I might fit into one of two categories. What if you're sort of in between? Is there any, is there anybody that has overlap between the two? Yeah, absolutely. You can be a, a, a good percentage of the population is bi doshic and a few are even tri doshic. So they have all three in equal proportion. Um, they're, of course, rare. Most people are dominant in one and it's pretty easy to tell. But as human beings, we're always changing the ratio of vata, pitta and kapha in our own bodies through our food choices. So again, as you said, you know, when you have heartburn, that means the, the, the fire element in you is extremely high you can always reduce that just through the foods that you eat if you choose cooling foods and i'll get into that in a little bit but you can we can always play around with the ratio that we have in our bodies simply by making changes to the foods we're eating and the amount we're moving and and that's the beauty of it you although you're dominant in one and some people may be dominant in two and some may even have a balance of all three um managing your constitution is entirely in your own hands through your own choices okay that's super helpful um and i'm wondering too if because you were saying that they can change or you know there's different different they can fluctuate throughout the course of your life i'm wondering if seasons could also do that so i live in new england mm -hmm. um in the northeast and i feel like chicago probably has somewhat similar weather in that there's dramatic changes in seasons mm -hmm. from you know we're going to be we're in summer now we're going to be entering into fall that's a pretty like it's like 90 degrees and humid and then it's going to be cold not so humid can that can that affect your dosha or how your body um, responds within the dosha or can that change anything? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, Ayurveda even attributes, um, the attributes doshas to the different seasons so vata season is fall to early winter so the air is very dry if you think about it during that time and that corresponds to the classic vata dryness and lightness um, right like uh, fall is a lighter season compared to winter so that's vata season kapha season is winter so it's heavy it's cold it's dark just the way a kapha person tends to be cool they their bodies tend to be a little heavier. It corresponds the exact same way. Um, think about that, uh, that also. In the winter, you tend to eat more food. You tend to grow a little bit in your structure. So um, even in terms of the seasonality, that corresponds. And then Pitta season, the season of fire, is obviously summer. So the hottest time of the year when fires are burning bright and the sun is shining bright, um, that's Pitta season uh, in nature according to Ayurveda. So absolutely the climate that you live in and the seasons around you have a huge impact on um, your body your mood and your own level of vata pitta or kapha so in winter for example um, we all tend to become a little more kapha even vata people like they tend to hibernate a bit and eat slightly richer foods and um, uh, uh, go into that hibernation heavy kind of mode whereas in summer even if your dosha is kapha you tend to go to the beach you uh, tend to play around you tend to eat a little bit lighter and cooler foods and um, things like that so even the seasonality corresponds to to the doshas 
Okay, that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, let's let's dive into the, the food specific stuff because I'm super interested in hearing about that. Yeah, amazing. So uh, the Ayurvedic school of thought says that you should eat foods that contain the opposite properties of your dosha. So let me explain that. Like attracts like and opposites balance. So you always want to have the opposite of what you are in order to balance yourself. So if you're a vata person, you're naturally very light, very thin, very dry so you want to have foods that are moisturized oily dense heavy and very grounding because you're lacking the earth element you want more grounding now what foods are grounding root vegetables are extremely grounding things like sweet potato are extremely grounding what foods are oily foods like nuts like almonds like walnuts like peanut butter like cheese dairy ghee uh, butter all of these foods are very very moisturizing um, and very heavy so they're extremely good for vata people um, what other foods in nature are oily dense and um, and good for mo- and good to moisturize a dry vata constitution. Avocado is another phenomenal example. So a typical meal for a vata person would be like a burrata salad with tomatoes, which are uh, which have which have very high water content, and avocados that have a good amount of oiliness to offset the vata constitution. Whereas that may not be the best choice for kapha dosha at all. Um, I- I'll move it from vata pitta to kapha. So that's what a vata person would choose so lots of nuts lots of dairy lots of ghee butter root vegetables avocado stuff like uh, watery vegetables like tomato um, cucumber zucchini stuff like pumpkin uh, butternut squash all of these have that dense heavy property another thing is vata is very cold as a dosha naturally so they you always want to have warm warming foods for a vata constitution so like a warm butternut squash soup with butter would be a great choice for a um, for a vata type of person the warm foods are preferred over cold foods now that is not at all the case for pitta who's naturally very hot very fiery so a pitta person does not want to have very spicy or very pungent foods because that will just aggravate their heartburn and acid reflux so a pitta person wants to stick to very very cooling foods so think cold sprouts celery um, juices smoothies salads um, stuff like f- foods like watermelon that have a cooling property energetically and in terms of temperature um, foods like cabbage like pasta all of these are good choices for pitta pitta is also naturally very oily so having too much oily food may off may uh, increase the pitta so they you want to have drier foods um, instead of oily food so for a snack for example rather than having cheese cubes popcorn may be a better choice since it has the dry property um, and then for kapha dosha so kaphas tend to be very sturdy very well built they tend to gain weight easily so for them foods that are very light that are very warm that are very rough that are very dry um, would be much better choices so think foods light foods like uh, bitter leafy greens for example or um, light grains like millet or sorghum lots of lentils are excellent drying foods lentils have a drying property in them so they uh, dry out excess water retention light fruits like strawberries or apples rather than heavier fruits like banana or um, coconut would be better choices for a kapha type of person 
um the other thing is also tastes play into this so ayurveda believes that there are six tastes in nature sweet sour salty bitter pungent and astringent and astringent means anything that has a drying property to it so think of how your mouth gets after you've eaten uh, after you've eaten some pomegranate like it has like that dry kind of feel that's what astringent means so ayurveda said says vata people should focus on a uh, sweet sour and salty tastes and minimize bitter pungent and astringent taste so for a vata person a sour fruit like grapefruit or an orange would be a really good choice because it's a sour taste or a fruit like mango or banana which is sweet would be a really good choice um for pitta ayurveda says that they should favor the sweet uh, bitter and astringent taste so uh, bitter foods like leafy greens or dark chocolate are very good um where and astringent foods like pomegranate or lentils are a good choice um and they should minimize very pungent foods that are like lots of spices lots of chili um garlic ginger all of these foods can be very very aggravating um so they want to minimize that and for kapha they want to favor bitter bitter pungent and astringent food and minimize sweet sour and salty so kapha wants to minimize salty because it can lead to even more water retention in their bodies and they want to minimize sour because it can be very aggravating and they also want to minimize the sweet taste which may offset even more sweet cravings and uh, enable them to gain even more weight which is not um what they may ideally want but they want to really favor bitter foods they want to favor astringent drying foods like lentils and beans and chickpeas and things like that um and then they want to have lots of pungent foods so stuff like cinnamon cardamom ginger cloves uh, black pepper all of these spices can be enjoyed freely and abundantly by a pitta which um a, a sorry a kapha which a pitta may not be able to enjoy simply because their constitution can handle that food much better okay that all makes sense <laughs> i know sure. that was a lot <laughs> it's a lot um but it's all i mean it's it's really cool and and interesting how long once you start to apply these specific recommendations to you how what do you think the turnaround is like do you notice pretty immediate benefit or does it take a while I think it depends on how how stuck you are in your previous patterns and routines but from what I see typically you know you see results within a couple of days and you're able to change your routine pretty easily within a couple of weeks a lot of this stuff is also very intuitive so for example when i tell a pitta person you know what you should really have some cooling foods so i would suggest start your day with some watermelon or some cantaloupe melon um have a nice smoothie um have for lunch have a nice salad like a nice cold sprout salad with some uh, kale and asparagus or what whatever i tell them to have people always say oh yeah that actually sounds really good to me and what happens is the recommendations that the science tells you to do ends up being pretty intuitive to you so all the noise that you've heard and all the misconceptions around diet culture that you've been following just go away and you quickly connect to the core of what you want and the core of what your body actually wants so um it, while it may take a few days or a few weeks to feel comfortable after making those changes it does feel pretty good like it doesn't feel bad making those changes because you're doing what your body naturally needs for its for it to thrive and there's some degree of um 
comfort with that. And there's some degree of, you, you had mentioned the word stable before that really stuck out to me. There's some degree of stability with, I'm actually just going to sit here and do what's right for my body. And then the buzzing, you know, everybody, I'm doing keto, I'm doing low carb, I'm doing vegan, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. All of that buzzing around you can continue, but you don't need to be pulled out into it, right? Once you're like, this is what works for me, for my constitution, you're less apt to be pulled to the periphery, the diet culture buzz that's going on around you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also um, it boils down to, listening to what your body wants and not trying to apply a one-size-fits-all solution to your individual unique body, right? Um, it boils down to taking a stance and saying, I'm going to give my body what it needs, not what this diet is telling me that it wants. And Ayurveda does exactly that. It gives you the framework to understand your own body better so that you're more empowered to make choices that are stemming from a place within rather than a place on the outside. So again, Again, just to put things into context, let me take the ketogenic diet, for example. It's a high-fat diet. Now, a high-fat diet with foods like avocados or dairy may work very, very, very well for a vata person who thrives on those foods, who needs that uh, those dense, high den- high energy density foods to ground and nourish it. But for a kapha person, that may completely throw them out of balance. Like if they're having, if they're starting their day with bulletproof coffee and then having heavy cheeses, when that's not intuitive to them, it may just lead to digestive issues. They may experience constipation. The body will react to things. When you do things that do, that do not suit your body, your body will have a reaction to it. This is some. Thing I want to emphasize very strongly. If you are experiencing discomfort, it is your body's way of giving you a signal that what you are doing is not working out for it. So you need to be clever enough to decode and understand your body's communication to you and give it what it needs. Um, I It makes me sad, you know, when I see people apply these diets and torture their bodies through following it when all along the body is just trying to tell them, this is not what I want this is not working out for me I don't um, appreciate or respect being treated this way and when you really take it back a notch and say you know forget about what the diets are saying let me see what foods my body responds to well and then you feed your body the things it responds to you suddenly notice there's no acne on my skin I'm not having uh, gastric or digestive issues hey my gas has reduced um, I'm my bowel movements are regular and everything just comes into place you feel more energetic What people forget is that your body is literally designed to work for you. And if it's not doing that, that means you're doing something wrong with it. So um, again, that's just in context of how uh, then some of if if you're experiencing very, very negative effects with the diet that you're on, that probably means it's not optimized to your unique body type and it's not going to work out in the long term. I mean, it's such common sense, like saying when you say it, it's like, duh. (laughs) (laughs) it's such common sense and yet it's such a hard concept for us to really really grasp and i think that telling somebody well you just have to do what's right for your body that feels really scary and almost disorienting because we don't 
we're not really in tune with our bodies. We, we, we've divorced ourselves with our bodies. We've shut down the communication because we're so used to just plugging along, plugging along despite the feedback that our bodies have given us. We're just like, eh, not gonna listen. I'm gonna do this anyway, even though it's not working. I'm gonna just kind of go dark on myself. I'm gonna silence my own body signals. And then we get to this place where we're like, shit, I don't even know how to listen to my body anymore. I don't even know what the signals are. And so I love that you're talking about this framework to work within because it gives us a starting point. It gives us some context. It gives us some like, okay, if I can do this and then pay attention to how my body feels, then I can start to almost get back in touch with those signals. I can get back in touch with what my body is trying to communicate to me. And I think that's what's so lovely about Ayurveda is that it's not only putting us back in touch with the world, it's putting us back in touch with the world around us. I mean, like there's this, this, this connection with nature that you were talking about too, which I just think is so extraordinary. Yeah, absolutely. I think coming back to what you were saying, um, the reason that people, you know, it sounds like common sense to listen to your body. But the reason that people lose track with that message is because the desperation for an outcome takes over. And then um, when you feel that desperation for an outcome that you want, you literally believe anything to get that will get you to that outcome as quickly as you possibly can. And that's when common sense goes out of the window. Um, the Ayurvedic method of course does bring that element of common sense back and what I do want to enforce is that it doesn't matter where in your health journey you are it doesn't matter how overweight you are it doesn't matter how underweight you are it doesn't it literally does not matter if you've just given birth to a child or if you're a teenager who is struggling with their body image or has irregular eating patterns you can always wake up tomorrow morning it's a new day you can commit yourself to learning your body understanding it and giving it the foods that it wants and you can fully rest in the confidence that your body is designed to self-heal all you need to do is give it the tools and the power to heal itself it already has the capacity it can heal it will heal it can lose all of that weight it's carrying on to it can regularize its patterns and reduce the heartburn and clean up your skin the body is literally designed to keep um, cleaning and keep working and detoxing for you you just have to empower it with the right tools and ayurveda gives you the understanding of which food are tools that help you in your process based on just how you naturally are and how your body naturally digests and uh, moves through things you know you're when you said it, you have to empower it with the right tools, I mean, you're talking about food, but even just that messaging, that programming, that belief that my body has the power to heal, that's a tool in and of itself. And that's a tool that we, we don't, it's underutilized. It's an extremely underutilized tool. And I know that you focus primarily on weight loss. So that's a lot of what you talk about. But you know, even if if you're coming to the podcast with a chronic health condition, if weight loss is, is not your, you know, your, your top of mind for you, if it's a chronic health condition, what what you're saying is, is this could apply to everything, all of it all the things always like our mm -hmm. bodies have this innate capacity to heal and we've disremembered that right we've forgotten that we've moved away from that and we all need to come back to this idea that we have our bodies have the power to heal themselves 
it requires some action on our part to give it the right things. But one of the, in, you know, all of the, this whole conversation is, is, is tool after tool after tool that you can utilize, whether it's food or just this mindset piece. So I'm so happy that you brought that up because I just don't feel like it's, it's discussed enough. I really don't. Absolutely. And I think um, I would love to even just apply this to the mindset and the emotional part of things. If you don't believe deep in your bones and deep in your body that your body is on your side and it's not against you, um, you'll never be able to see those results. And I can see why it's very easy to believe that your body might be against you, especially if you have a chronic illness, if um, your body is not in the best shape that you want it to be in, if, you're, if you have food sensitivities or um, frequent allergies. I can see why it's very, very easy to believe that your body is not a blessing and and it's a curse but I think coming back to that inner knowing that your body is literally here to design it, it is literally here to serve you while you're on this planet it is designed to not only survive but to thrive for you it fights every single day for you it works so hard for you whether it's digestion uh, pumping blood through um, resting relaxing moving uh, producing energy for you to get through and move through this world and just always coming back to that inner knowing that your body is on your side and not against against you um, gives you so much because when you genuinely believe that your body is your friend and not your enemy you treat it differently the way you speak to someone you like and the way you speak to and treat someone you don't like are two very very different states and unfortunately I feel like when I look around me I see people treat their bodies as if their body is the enemy um, and that simply isn't true that isn't the case if you take a magnifying glass and you look at that belief is your body really against you is it really worth that much poor treatment and that much drastic dieting and that much berating and negative messaging every single day it's not <sighs> oh, that one's making me tear up a little bit um mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like I need to pull that quote and blast it on a megaphone for everybody to listen to. <laughs> Absolutely. I think if there's one thing that I want the listeners to take away from today's episode, it's really pull the curtain on your belief system around your body. Do you believe that your body is on your side or that your body is against you? And from what place are you making your decisions every day? Is it like, oh, let me try let me torture myself through xyz diet and see how uh, my body reacts to it no that's 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 making a decision from a place of i hate my body it's imperfect and i'm going to torture it till it doesn't get me the outcome that i want and that's not the right place to approach your self-care from because it's so detrimental um, to not just your not just in the long term but even in the short term as you're going through it it causes misalignment it causes discomfort in your everyday life and why would anyone want to live like that and is this what you mean when you when you say you bridge um, Ayurveda energy and emotions together in one framework is, is this a similar concept 
Absolutely. So the way that I actually apply it with my clients and I'll talk a little bit about the weight loss process uh, because that's specifically the problem that I'm an expert at solving. Um, so I use Ayurveda as sort of the pathway or the, uh, the path, if you will, to reaching the destination, which is losing weight. Um, and the emotions are the road bumps and blocks that come up along the path that you're trying to walk, right? So I give them the strategy and then I work with them with emotions through the path that enables them to walk down the Ayurvedic path smoothly because it if I give you an Ayurvedic strategy but you're inherently blocked or um you or you have deep self-sabotaging behavior it doesn't matter how constructive or productive the strategy or the pathway is you'll always find a way to self-sabotage so I work with those emotions and I work with um really asking yourself where has this behavior come from and is this serving me in my present and my future and if it's not effective ways to um, release that I work with energy in terms of worthiness do you believe you're worthy of the weight outcome that you want do you believe that you're that you can that you're genuinely capable of transformation I mean I have clients who lose 40 pounds in four months of working with me and 50 pounds in less than six months of working with me and to achieve that kind of dramatic body transformation takes a hell of a lot more than a diet um, it takes overhauling your mental state, putting yourself in the high vibe of change, of transformation, of self-love, of expansion, of really waking up every day feeling like, you know what, I am getting my best state of health and I'm unapologetic about claiming it. And operating and following your Ayurvedic diet from that energy space and from that emotion of expansion is what gets the, the the deep transformations and the jaw dropping results and going from having a body mass index of 33 to wearing a bikini by the time summer rolls around and that kind of um, um, transformation and I love working with those deep transformative cases because um, applying my framework and working with and confronting some of the inner demons is is really it's the juice of the work that I do because at the end of the day you can have such a solid understanding of what to do in terms of what to eat and what to avoid and what to stick to and what to not not eat and not drink and how to do it and that's the strategy piece of it but really understanding yourself and knowing where on the path you are being your own worst enemy that's the real juice of the work and shifting that and saying you know what I don't need to be my own worst enemy when I can very easily be my own best friend and that's where the energy and the emotion pieces come into it whoa buddy I mean <laughs> that's so deep and I, and again I just in case someone's tuning in who is is not focus on the weight loss piece for whatever reason everything you just said can be applied to health yes. or chronic conditions everything yes. I mean even when you said do you feel that you're worthy of this do you feel I do you feel you're worthy of healing yeah. do you feel that healing that healing transformation is even available to you do you feel you're capable mm -hmm. of that these are huge things these are huge beliefs that would stand in the way and I, I it's so much more important like you said than than a diet 
you know mm-hmm. it's so much deeper than than just a diet absolutely it goes much deeper than a diet and um these are parts of the process that i would encourage everyone who's seeking any kind of health transformation to think about because to in order to truly transform something on the inside needs to shift and that's the that's the starting point of where you seek those shifts the what to eat and when to eat and how to do it is all stuff that's on the outside but um for real lasting change you have to shift around a couple of things on the inside for sure um and then tell me a little bit about so you were talking about your weight loss process when you mm-hmm. lost 70 pounds and how you were saying that you enjoyed the process which oh, for yeah. somebody listening might make them scratch their head a little bit so what tell us how you did that <laughs> yeah i mean i i think they may make them scratch their head they may want to throw something at me they may not like me they may just not believe me i may be called a fraud um all these kinds of fun reactions um but mostly just disbelief i that that's the reaction i get most strongly is i don't believe you um but really it's true i mean i i i post my before after pictures on my instagram you guys can check that out if you want um i talk very freely about my process and um for me just really approaching and loving myself through my change and i i won't lie i didn't love myself every moment of it of course when i faced my demons when i faced uh, my own past of being addicted to chocolates of not being properly nourished as a child of reaching junk food when i thought about all the mean things that kids at school told me when i was being bullied and um sorting through all of those dark emotions did it did bring up a lot of tears and a lot of agony and a lot of anguish but um i think self love isn't the absence of negative emotions it's simply having the tools to allow yourself to feel everything that's coming up for you in your human experience without uh being harshly judgmental or critical or guilty or letting that spiral out of control to even more negative emotions right it's just feeling what has to be felt and allowing it to pass and that was part of my journey i mean yes i had the strategy which was the ayurvedic diet for my body type which is kapha by the way for those that are those of you that are curious so i was eating foods that are rough rough light dry bitter pungent astringent tasting foods um i was exercising vigorously five times a week which is again recommended for my dosha um i was in a high state most days of the week but on days and moments when i did have my low points when things from the past would come up and i would see the scale and say oh my god i've lost 30 pounds like holy shit i am really changing and confronting you know the the parts of me that wanted to hold me back the parts of me that seeked the comfort of familiarity the parts of me that were really truly scared of change that were scared of how my face was changing and how flat my stomach was getting and it sounds ridiculous because it's everyone's dream and everyone's goal but when you're really getting the thing that you want and and it's and it's alien to you there's that part of your brain that seeks so much comfort in what's familiar that goes into high alert and um knowing how to just make that okay and 
allow it to be there and al allow whatever surfacing to surface is what I think is self is a self-loving approach to the process. It doesn't mean that everything is always sunshine and rainbows and you wake up every day thinking, wow, this weight loss is like I'm I'm gracefully swan diving into uh, a jacuzzi like no it wasn't you know um something fun like that it was just allowing what had to come up to come up in the most peaceful way possible and the other thing is also the alignment piece of it what really clicked for me is when um i was aligned in terms of my diet and my exercise and aligned in terms of my mental approach to the process and my body but until i didn't f love myself have the Ayurvedic diet piece in place, have the workouts in place, forgive myself for my past and accept that I was changing and it was scary as hell but it was also okay and there was so much magic waiting for me in my new body and new experiences to be felt and better energy and better skin um, and just allowing all of that to happen with that with that deep sense of inner alignment is when things really really clicked for me. I would like to see a photo of you swan diving into a jacuzzi at some point. <laughs> I will definitely try and send you that. I, I was just, yeah, I, I don't think I'm a very graceful swan diver. Um, although I do love swimming, but yeah, I, I don't think I'm the most graceful swan diver. But I can show you a before after picture if you'd like also. <laughs> Perfect. Um, what would you say, I know we're coming, it's late your time. So let's, I, we're going to come up on the end of this interview, but I would love, um, parting words. Mm -hmm. What would you, where do you generally start with your clients? If somebody's coming to you because they want to, um, get healthier or lose weight or just apply some Ayurvedic principles to the diet and the routine, what's the typical starting point? Where do you, do you start with the framework that is Ayurveda? Do you start with the mindset? Do you kind of rip the whole bandaid off in one fell swoop? Um, the first place that I start is forgiveness. I actually say, please forgive yourself for everything that's happened until now. And please, and you're about to enter my coaching, my one is to one coaching container. And I just want you to come in as if your slate is totally clean. I would like to work with you as if you're a newborn child um, and try and carry as little as possible from your past into this new process. Of course, your habits, your behaviors, your eating tendencies are things that we're going to work with. But how much ever baggage you can leave at the door that's how much lighter you'll be through this process so i think just forgiving yourself for all of the quote unquote mistakes that you've made so far is so important just in terms of not living with them anymore right because if you if you dwell on the guilt of the mistakes that you've made you're continuing to hold on to them and they're continuing to show up and play up in your everyday life so just evacuating the guilt around your past is is step one for sure um the second step is i definitely get very down and dirty with the strategy so i say you know what this is what needs to be done to get to xyz outcome in a three month time frame uh these are your goals this is how we're going to work on it let's follow Follow the path and you know what as and when things come up emotionally whether you derail whether you eat the two slices of pizza that you weren't supposed to or you end up having a bowl of ice cream after dinner let's just 
take it one step at a time and let's deal with those instances as and when they come up. I'm very particular to let my clients know that um, a weight loss process is not perfect by any means and no person that has ever achieved a miraculous outcome of losing weight over a period of time has not had a quote-unquote slip up so to just deal with their perfectionism in a gentle way and uh, be kinder to themselves is is definitely something that I ask of course within reason and then as they go on the journey as they're implementing the ayurvedic diet i work with them intensively um one-on-one -on -one, as and when things come up so on the journey when there's a challenge with implementation when there's a block when there's fear when there's anxiety when there's self-doubt when there's the fear of change um we deal with all those feelings as and when they come up in the process um through coaching calls i also coach them every day via voice notes so um they really have my support in in getting the entire mind body transformation in place uh, but i would say start with the diet and the ayurvedic stuff but then align the way you emotionally and energetically feel about your body yourself and the process and the changes you're about to welcome in um, to really um, hasten and bring that transformation into your life as quickly as possible wow that was a lot i um <laughs> you i just what i mean by that is you delivered so much in such a short period of time so thank you so much for coming on the show and teaching us a little bit about ayurveda but also a lot more than i had bargained for um can you tell folks where they can find you if somebody wants to get more of you uh, the best places to to find you if they're interested in working with you or just following up with this yeah absolutely so i think first things first for everybody that wants to know that dosha you can take the free test on my website www.nehapremji.com so if you suspect you might be vata or pita or kapha or you may not know at all and just want to know for sure you can go take the free test on my website you can also connect with me on instagram uh, my handle is at neha premji which is my name and then there's also more information on my website as well on how to contact me so either my website or my instagram would be good places feel free to message me dm me i'm always open and receptive to um, hearing from you guys and i love helping um, people just align any part of the journey or the process that might be misaligned for them um, whether that's the strategy piece whether that's their mindset and their energy and the way they're approaching it or if some emotional block from the past or the way they've been doing things is um, coming up and preventing their progress so it's it's actually my in my specialty to intuitively pick on exactly where in the process you're misaligned and help you align those pieces um that's the that's the the real secret to my clients um epic success um so yeah if you think that some part of your process might be misaligned definitely don't hesitate to reach out and i'm happy to um, shed some light on where you can fine-tune your own process how you can use ayurveda to transform your life or anything else in the process thank you so much i will link to everything you just uh, told us about in the show notes mm -hmm. and i'm going to go head over to your website right now and take that free dosha test absolutely although it sounds i strongly suspect that you're pitta from what you said um but we <laughs> let the test tell you for sure okay all right thank you so so much um i know that everyone enjoyed this conversation because i certainly did
thanks for coming on the show. You're so welcome, Erin. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review in iTunes. Take care of you 